Welcome to the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest, an episode where we are going to be talking about the future of the MCU once again here on the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I am your host, Earth 818 Brian Stoffel, this week, joined by Earth 616 Brian Stoffel's co host, partner in crime, sidekick in this podcasting world. K.O. Kyle Wilson, and I'm so happy that you introduced me as 616, because I was going to say 616, so thank you for that. (laughs) We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, I am a little bit sick. I've been getting over a very nasty cold that put me on my back for like five days, called him to work a few times, and so... You can probably hear on this recording that I don't sound quite normal. So that is why I am Earth 818 Brian this week. Earth 616 Brian is uh is out of commission for the week. So I will be taking over. Things will be a little chaotic, a little crazy, a little bit weird on this episode. Our Google Meets uh, stream is a little iffy. And so uh, Kyle's a little bit laggy on my end as well. Uh, I'm going to bring that up just in case the power of editing uh, fails to maybe smooth out some of that transitioning this week. Uh, I might be putting myself on mute at random times to like sniffle or cough or whatever. So it's just it's going to be a fun, interesting layout of an episode. But we do have some great things in store. Especially because we're recording on my end, so me being delayed on your end is going to make this very interesting. (laughs) Not to mention, if you put yourself on mute and I'm towards the end of a conversation, I'm going to have to vamp, and that's going to be extremely interesting too. I'm excited for this episode. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But what are we talking about this week? Same Things that we talk about almost every other episode on this podcast. MCU! We should just call ourselves the Midwestern Nerds MCU Podcast. But that's okay because that's it's the thing that like we're both the most passionate about that we that we have in common that we can talk about. We talked about our spoiler discussions on Quantumania. I still haven't had the chance to rewatch it yet. I am really gonna try to go and see it again this weekend. My plan was to go last weekend, but uh, when I was sick, I barely made it through Cocaine Bear. (laughs) This is how quick my cold came on. It was Friday. I had to work until about like one o'clock and I drove home. And by the time I got home, it was like two o'clock. And I was like, huh, all day Friday, I was feeling fine. I get home at two o'clock and I'm like, huh, my throat feels a little scratchy like that. That's not good. And by nine o'clock that night, when we went to go and see Cocaine Bear, 
I kid you not, my girlfriend had to like punch me like 10 times in that movie because I was like half asleep, just dying, like, oh my god, I like I'm I'm not okay. And that's kind of how it's been since from then through Wednesday. <laughs> it was literally Thursday when I started to feel a little bit better. We are recording on a Friday, so still in a little bit of a of a, the, the sick realm. But that's not important. What's important right now is MCU talk. What's important is Quantumania is going to happen for me again soon. I loved that movie the first time watching it through. I really don't want other people's opinions to taint my viewing of it. And I, I want to rewatch it sooner than later. But until then, we're going to tide the tides with this little interview that Kevin Feige had with Entertainment Weekly about a week, week or two ago, irrelevant. Uh, it came out around the time when Quantum Mania came out. We've been in Quantum Mania realm. Now we're going to jump back into this interview that Kevin Feige had. He dropped a lot of information in this interview. There's been a couple other MCU Marvel stories that have come out in that time too that we're going to touch upon. We're gonna. This is going to be like a like the Marvel Minute informative segment. Here of the Midwesterners podcast. Uh, let's jump into talking about Ms. Marvel and the Marvels in general. That's kind of like the first big thing that popped out to me in this article. Talked a lot about uh, Quantumania, uh, Kang, Jonathan Majors, all that stuff, which has kind of been beat like a dead horse at this point with the amount of people that have talked about it, the amount that we've talked about it. So I'm just going to kind of skim over that segment of the article. We're going to weave through the, the interesting tidbits uh, of Kevin Feige that I pick out. Kyle, you've also read the article. I'm sure that you took some notes and that you'll chime in if I forget anything or just with your, your two cents, your thoughts and opinions. And so let's just get started with the Ms. Marvel. He's talking about, you know, the things of Phase 4 that he was the most proud about. And one of those things was Ms. Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige stating I'm very proud of the Ms. Marvel show. I also know, and this is a spoiler, she essentially steals the Marvels, which is coming out during this interview, he said, July 28th. The big news that came out since this article is that it's been bumped to November 10th. I'm actually kind of relieved about that because there are so many movies and so much TV show, just so much content in general that's coming out this summer that would I have loved to have seen the Marvel sooner? Yes. But now we can give it a little bit of time to breathe because I don't know about a whole lot of stuff that's coming out around that time. I, I know we did a couple episodes ago, like movies that we were excited for. I don't have that list in front of me, but as of right now, I'm excited that it's going to get a little bit more breathing room than than it would have otherwise i first of all i do want to say i love how kevin feige doesn't quite know what a spoiler is <laughs> him him saying that she like steals the show like that's not really a big that's not a spoiler that's just like hyping up your a character in a movie i i think that's cute on kevin feige's part no i'm i've already been excited for this i know a lot of people didn't like captain marvel a lot some miss marvel was divisive a lot of people didn't like like the villains or some of the story like they thought you know this they, they thought the show wasn't 
perfect by any means, but a lot of people still enjoyed it. And I, we still don't know a lot about Monica Rambeau. She was only in a few episodes of WandaVision. So like, I've already been pretty excited for this, but just hearing Kevin, well, reading Kevin Feige talk about this was like, so it, it got me so amped up for this project. I like him, he, he compared seeing these three on the screen together to the Avengers the original Avengers Avengers movie and seeing those original six on the screen together and said that it was chill inducing. I don't think it'll be to that level, but it's a good comparison because honestly, when he said that I took a minute and paused I stopped reading and I did try to envision them on the screen. And every time I see them, it's Photoshopped, right? When we see the real shit, it, it I think it is going to be like a pretty big moment. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. I, I have a good feeling that they're, they'll be able to build it up through the movie and we won't see them until like, maybe 30 or 40 minutes before the end. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, I, I already like the way he's talking about it. He seems excited about it. And so I'm just, I'm, he's only enhanced my excitement for uh, the Marvels. He went into a little bit more details about not just the Marvels, but secret invasion as well saying Marvel comic fans will recognize elements of the Kree scroll war. That gets me excited. And it's picking up directly after the end of Captain Marvel 1. Not in timeline, but in story. We also do that in our upcoming Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion. And those are two very different follow-ups to that movie. Thank you for bringing that up, because I did want to comment on that, and I forgot. Um, I'm so... That, that in itself also made me so excited, because... Again, just me trying to plug the pieces together. It feels like Secret War is going to be the evil scrolls. We're finally going to get bad scrolls because there was that good twist in in Captain Marvel where the scrolls were actually good guys and the Kree were bad, right? I think we're finally going to get bad scrolls. We're going to get maybe a subsection of good Kree in in Secret Invasion, but in the Marvels, we're going to get that good section of of scrolls that we like. If we're going to mix this story up so much, and it, honestly. I love it because there's so many stories going on in the MCU right now that are eventually going to collide. Like a lot of us, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of us are focused on Kang right now, obviously for my, for major reasons, but like there's so many other stories going on that this is going to diverge into such a really good story by the end. So this in itself, seeing both sides of a war like that, that's been going on for decades. I cannot wait for this. The Kree Skrull War in the comics was a big Avengers storyline. So that got me really excited. It's a story that gets referenced all the time, all of the time in Marvel Comics. The, the, they talk about the Kree Skrull War all the time. And it's one of those events that I have not read yet. And I actually uh, picked up the book not that long ago and found it. Just on a whim, I was like, you know, I hear them talking about the story all the time. I have no idea what goes on in the Kree Skrull War, other than the Avengers up in space fighting with Krees and Skrulls, and that's about all I know about it. But they talk about it all the time. It gets name dropped and referenced all the time. And the fact that this is like pulling elements from that, like it makes me super excited because this is one of those times where adaptation for the mcu movies i actually kind of like because i understand that there's 80 plus years of marvel comics at this point and we're 20 we're almost like 20 years into we're 15 years this year 
into the MCU. And there's just simply not enough time to tell every story that I want to see <laughs> uh, up on the big screen. So getting like nods and, and, um, and hints and references to some of these things or like taking the themes and elements from that. It's like the, the compromise that's still good. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm actually really excited that hearing that the, the Cree scroll war elements makes me that much more excited for this movie. Uh, while also talking about Miss Marvel, he mentioned Moon Knight. He said, Moon Knight is the same as Miss Marvel. I think there's a future for that character as we move forward. The writer of King Dynasty said a lot of things this week. And one of those things that he mentioned was the fact that uh, there are plans for both Moon Knight and Daredevil in King Dynasty. So we already know that Moon Knight's coming back. I'm super excited to see them in that movie because, let's be honest, Avengers movies at this point just means that that's the movies that's going to bring all of our remaining heroes together. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're Avengers or not. Like, Avengers movie basically just means Marvel event. I cannot. Okay, so <laughs> obviously they didn't. He didn't. Men, literally, what you read is the only mention of Moon Knight in this entire interview. It's Moon Knight has a big future. And that's it. And this is what I'm most excited for. I love Moon Knight. Moon Knight was, I can't even remember where I put it on my uh it was in our top like five. I I want to say it was in my top three. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was top four. Maybe maybe it was number four. Um, but either way, it was top five. It's like one of my. I'm obsessed with Moon Knight. I love the character. I there. It, it probably helps that we read the comic. Anyway, I'm very excited that, for this because spoilers for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. If you haven't seen it, maybe skip ahead like two minutes while I talk about this for real quick. As soon as I saw Rama Tut. I was like, holy shit, we need, I know that the Fantastic Four fought Ramatut in the comics, right? But I would fucking love if we saw some sort of time travel or multiverse travel where Moon Knight and Khonshu, not only battling with each other, right? Because obviously we know how Moon Knight ends. They have to battle with each other, but event, somehow they get transported back in time and we have to fight, like, they have to fight Ramatut. I just, there's the Egyptian connection. Ramatut was actually referenced in the Moon Knight series. I just think that there's a connection there. And that's why I think that there's going to be that big He said that there's going to be that big connection come King Dynasty. I think Moon Knight has to has has to have ties with King Ramatut. It just makes a lot of sense. And I cannot wait for it. Moon Knight's awesome. It's something that I want to see, but I don't know how logically possible it is, but I would love to see if... Rama Tut did like a like a Doctor Strange like astral plane type punch to Moon Knight and like punched Khonshu out of him, and then we had like a Khonshu Rama Tut battle while like Mark Steve, uh, this third persona I'm blanking on the name. Joe. I know now I'm blanking on um, the third one. No, but the, the, those two can those two personas can fight the third one again. I'm blanking on his name too. But that but that just like in the Moon Knight show, we can have Kanchu fighting Ramatut in the background. Ah, but just like I, I think it'd be so cool if like he like astro punched like Kanchu out of Oscar Isaac, and then like Oscar Isaac sitting there like in his street clothes being like. Uh, what the hell? While like Rama Tut's like beating the shit out of Kanchu, 
that would be fucking sweet. Like, again, I don't know how logically possible that would be, but I I would be there for it. I would. That, that's what I want to see. <laughs> one of the big things that came out, <laughs> one of the big things that came out, uh, not only in a comment uh, from Feige in this article, but also during an investor call with Disney CEO Bob Iger is... Uh, something that I've expressed a lot lately that I'm kind of glad to hear. Uh, and that, that is the, the quality over quantity uh, conversation. Like I said, both Feige addressed it in this article and Iger uh, said some things about it in the investors call. I'll start with what Feige said in this article. He said, it is hard to hit the zeitgeist when there's so much product out there. And so much content, as they say, which is a word that I hate. But we want Marvel Studios and the MCU projects to really stand out and stand above. So people will see that as we get further into phase five and six. The pace at which we're putting out the the Disney Plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine. So basically saying that the Disney Plus shows are going to slow down. Doesn't really address the movies so much, but when you think about it, it's the movies have pretty much stayed in line of like two to three Marvel movies. But it's the fact that you're throwing in like five or six shows a year as well as those movies is kind of what has been what some people would say convoluting a lot of it and giving you that quantity over quality. Uh, Iger in the investors call said we think we have an opportunity to through more aggressive and curation to reduce some of our costs in the general entertainment side and in general in volume we have to be better at curating the brand's output and reduce costs on everything that we make because while we are extremely proud of what's on screen it's gotten to a point where it's extraordinarily expensive and we want all of the quality We want the quality on the screen, but we have to look at the cost and the quantity as well. So basically saying we're not just going to put content out there to have content, which is what the former CEO, Bob Chapek, uh, was all about. I think that's why we got so many MCU shows over the past two, three years, because they they wanted to build up that Disney content, that Disney library. So we got to make shows and I, I find it a a little bit reassuring that we're slowing down on the, on the the quantity because we've talked about it a little bit. We've seen it. Feige hasn't been able to keep as big of an eye on all of these things as he normally would have take Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. For example, we've talked about this before too, that like love or hate that movie. Uh, he basically said, here you go, Sam Raimi, make your movie. He he said in, in interviews and in articles before that he he hired Sam Raimi because he had faith in him and he knew that he didn't really have to keep that close of an eye on him. And that's just because of all of the content they were making. So I, I find it refreshing to, you know, slow down a little bit, uh, stretch some of these things out, you know, we lived in a world before where we only got one or two Marvel movies a year. 
where yeah it's a long time sometimes to to wait that long but if it's going to be good quality I, i'm fine waiting yeah no i i actually completely agree like if well i don't know maybe completely agree is too strong i agree at that last point if we're if it's going to be better quality then we can sacrifice getting less content that's i think any marvel fan would agree to that however as a marvel fan like just living inside of our marvel box it's really nice just having a shit ton of content and i really enjoyed last year <laughs> like it's just awesome having all this stuff and constantly having something to watch it's like oh man th this show just ended holy shit the new movie comes out next week oh god that movie was so good i've seen it three times holy shit the no sh the new show starts in two weeks like it was it was very fun last year I will agree, though, that you could kind of tell all these Disney Plus shows were shot at the same time. So you could tell that a lot of this stuff was maybe somewhat disconnected. Maybe there were some things that didn't quite make sense, whatever. I still am able to make sense of it because of my headcanon. Uh, but I, I do agree that maybe taking a step back, like I said, in a Marvel box, having all that content isn't necessarily a terrible thing. However, in the nerd box, <laughs> which is a lot bigger... We have a shit ton of content coming up this year. We have The Mandalorian. We have The Last of Us still finishing up. We have so much stuff happening within just content and projects in every universe, not only within Disney, but everything else happening this year. There's just too much going on for any nerd like us who likes Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, all this shit connected like we can't all just sit here and try to watch every single thing if marvel is just looking at themselves saying well we can just fill up a calendar with ourselves it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing you know they i think what what they did looking back at last year like any good company does you look back and you say okay we maybe did too much because yes the casual the the hardcore marvel fan could keep up with us but a lot of fans aren't just Marvel fans. They like other things. And we can't just force everything Marvel down their throat because eventually they're going to start potentially picking other things. Because there's so much Marvel, you can say, well, I can maybe miss this. I'm going to go watch this other project and then I'll come back for the next Marvel project. They kind of had to look at themselves and say, hey, we need to slow down for our betterment. Because, I mean, I talked to Josh is a great example. Our, our, our good friend, Josh, who's been on the show a couple of times. I talked to him every, after every Marvel project. And he's very much out of Marvel right now. He did not enjoy Quantumania. He has not enjoyed many of the shows or the movies in phase four. And it's because of it, because he is a Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars guy. Like he is dedicated to all of these different entities, right? So the fact that Marvel has had lower quality higher quantity he has just he's kind of like i don't know if it's a mindset or if it's if it's actually true maybe me and you are way too into it and we're just enjoying things but he is he's just out of it he came out of quantum mania he's like oh god they killed another villain what the hell it, and he wasn't even talking about kang by the way he's pissed that they killed modok <laughs> and, and he he's just like he's just marvel's just doing too much they just need to slow down and then i was like trying to tell him they're they are slowing down stick with it but like it, it is a real problem. So I'm glad they're addressing it. I'm glad they're realizing it. It's a good step by them. Again, it's unfortunate because I love how much I 
personally, I love how much content they, pro they push out, but I understand. And it's actually very good for them and their future going forward. And I think, like you said, I, I think that they, that they've recognized that. And you can even see like, Feige in this interview when he was harping so much about how much he loved Miss Marvel because that was a great example of a lot of people skipped that show because Obi-Wan was on at the same time. <laughs> uh, it was one so, of the, wasn't it like the lowest viewed uh, MCU Disney Plus series at the time? Yep. Yeah. Moving on, another thing that Feige talked about that I was excited to hear, something that I've expressed that I would like more of, is... To get more episodic one-and-done stories. When talking about this, he said, We want to do shows that can only be shows. I want to continue to make them even more episodic, which may seem counterintuitive. But I do think there is something fun about leaning back and watching an episode that can be relatively self-contained. Uh, we, we talked about it when we talked about how much we love the special presentations that they did last year with the Guardians Christmas special and Werewolf by Night. Even things like the Daredevil episode in She-Hulk, like things like that, that felt very much like a, a self-contained one and done story episode within a show. But it sounds like they want to start doing more shows that are like that, where it's just like. Here's a story that we want to tell. It doesn't need to be tied into anything or everything. It can just be its own thing. It can just introduce some characters or maybe further develop some characters. And that's as much of a continuation of the world building of the MCU that we need. Uh, I love this idea. Us comic book readers are used to that. Yes, you get your, your big five to ten issue story arcs in comics sure but you can also get like a like a one and done issue or a quick two-parter that has nothing to do with the overarching story that's going on it's just like a a fun little side quest or spider-man needs to stop the shocker from uh disrupting all the atms in new york is that gonna affect uh kang and his overall uh plot to create his dynasty maybe but does it need to no uh so i i think it's refreshing to get news of of some like just episodic short one and done self-contained stories and i think what's most exciting about this and him talking about it multiple times in this interview is that he mentioned they're going to first attempt this with the daredevil show in the series and i cannot wait i think that is that is a great because you already mentioned daredevil in the she hulk in she hulk that was in itself just a great self-contained episode any marvel fan could go and watch that and that's all you need to watch for she hulk if you really want to but you should watch the rest of it because it's really good but i think daredevil is such a great show to try that because a most marvel fans are going to go and watch daredevil because of his history and his popularity that people are already going to go and watch that. So you can be a little bit experimental with that. And it's just like with, with the, uh, lawyery law, you know, solve them kind of episodes that they can do with this. I think it's the perfect series to get a good grip of the formula. So I'm, I, I, again, very excited. Like he mentioned 
it's it's nice to have those cliffhangers and if someone's binge watching them at night you say you're gonna watch one episode that episode ends in a cliffhanger and you're like ah shit i gotta stay up for one more which happens to me all the time he was like that's great and all but it's also nice to just have an episode that someone can watch and enjoy and then potentially move on to something else he it's so i i I have been a big proponent lately of like learning how people's brains work, right? Just the human race as a general, everyone's brain works differently. I like learning about that. Kevin Feige recently has just like, he's almost learned that Marvel as, as big as Marvel is, Marvel can't be the only thing in people's lives. You know, like he is, he's like, yeah, enjoy our content, but then go and enjoy some other stuff and then come back to Marvel. Cause you know, it's going to be good. Like, and I think that's such a good mindset. To ha- it's such a healthy mindset to have as it as the top of a huge organization like this i think it's so cool and it makes me just that much more excited for phase five and six for the mcu and seven which i'm gonna get to towards the end of this (laughs) uh one last thing to add to your to your talk about daredevil being the perfect show for that too is the the episode count it's right now reporting to be 18 episodes you can't i mean you could but it would be really hard to do like 18 45 minute episodes that is like all one story, like yep. boom, 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 boom. Even in the comics, <laughs> like the most you'll get is like a 12 issue arc that's that's connected. <laughs> and then they're like, OK, we need to like take a break in here or yep. we need to have like a, a little uh, interlude. Uh, and so that like you said that would be the perfect show then to plug in those like one and done episodes to just kind of even break up the plot a little bit so for our listeners because i don't know if we're going to talk about this in a future episode or anything i'm not going to spoil anything here but i do want to talk about the last of us really quick again zero spoilers i just want to talk about narratively episode three of of the last of us has almost nothing to do with the rest of the story or the story in general it is a self-contained episode like honestly you could what that is its own you could take it out and it's it's its own thing you could put it up as a movie but it's fucking phenomenal (laughs) and it's like one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen and it also somehow still builds into the bigger story like it's it's very possible to do this if you know what you're doing you know the story that you're going to tell and you know the characters that you want to include with it like it's it's very possible to do for those of us who have seen that that episode of the last of us you know what i'm talking about if you haven't fucking go watch the last of us i'm late to that show i'm only now caught up on it and i wish i better, would have been watching week to week because this has been phenomenal i was gonna say if you have been keeping up to week to week last week's episode was another one of those two that was like i'm actually one episode behind right now <laughs> yeah uh last week's episode was kind of like episode three where like we're we're gonna oh, yeah, go off and we're, we're gonna go off and and do something else for an episode and then we'll come back to our main story that we're telling which again zero spoilers but like how episode six ended going into that as like its own that's honestly so perfect ah oh, i love this show <laughs> maybe we will talk about it we need to do an episode on it later not, now that you're catching up like i've yes. i've been loving this show too Everybody's you haven't mentioned it to me show. so i i was honestly thinking to myself the other day i was like is brian even watching this he hasn't even talked to me about it <laughs> i i did bring it up during like oh, the I first think you did yeah. three episodes, yeah, and then you, I didn't know if you were ever going to jump on board, so then I stopped bringing it up. 
That's fair. <laughs> so, I'm fully on board. I'm one episode behind, but I'll catch up this weekend when the when episode eight comes out. I'll watch seven and eight. So uh, e- equal communication problems there. <laughs> let's get back to Marvel, though. As as great as The Last of Us is, let's get back to Marvel. We we got a little bit of mutant talk in this interview. Feige says the question is how to do it and when to do it, and that's something we've been working on for years. Now we know. But we're not going to talk about it. it. It was funny to read this this interview, like this interview, because they they didn't like abbreviate anything or like they definitely typed it out like word for word how it how the interview went down. And he first starts off saying, "I think we've only said mutant like once, maybe twice," and then he talked his way through it, and he's like, "Well, no, we did. We introduced uh, Professor X and." And uh, Kamala, we said that she has a mutation and that uh, uh, Namor said that he that he also has a mutation from his people. But we haven't really said mutant except for like twice. And then it's like, but you also did the X-Men like. So it's like twice now, like, (laughs) but it's this is kind of like great to know, but we, we kind of could have assumed you know that yes you do have a plan for it and you're not going to tell us one but uh it's it's nice to know that there's a plan <laughs> and everyone's going to keep asking about this i mean fucking she hulk fucking asked about it in her show um everyone's going to keep asking about this and he knows that he just needs to keep pushing this off because in my head in his head he knows it's going to be more phase seven eight like i think this is going to come i think we're gonna get some mutants and x-men in secret wars maybe yeah but i think the larger mutant story is going to happen later after secret wars i think there's going to be a very good explanation about something happening there's going to be that mutation that goes out into the world after secret wars it's going to be i think it plays out perfectly so he knows that and everyone's going to keep asking because we're getting our first r-rated mcu movie Deadpool featuring Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, boom, we're getting it, right? We already saw Professor X. Like, it's happening. But I think as Marvel fans, we just need to be patient. Because, again, it is going to happen. I don't think it's... Like, me and you, uh, when they first put out... When it was at D23, right? And they put up that big timeline. And Phase 6 was missing almost all the titles except for, like, three me and you were looking at it and a bunch of other people were looking at it like oh this could be a, this could be a wolverine movie and this one's probably gonna be a phoenix movie and this one's gonna like they're just trying to plug in x-men movies all around this i don't think that's gonna happen i think we like a, we may get like a couple x-men characters and maybe we'll get a bunch who knows maybe we'll get a bunch of past characters in secret wars but we're not going to get the 616 mcu mutant stories until phase seven in my opinion no, I would agree with that. He talked about Deadpool and uh, Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine and all that stuff. And it, it wasn't really like new information. So I didn't add those to my notes. Uh, was there anything that you saw that you'd want to talk about? It was just cool. I didn't know the story. I, I, for, I, I guess I kind of knew that he was part of X-Men, right? I didn't know that he was a part of Hugh Jackman's original audition for Wolverine and all that. Like hearing that story and that kind of, you know, now 20 some years later, he's still, he's getting Hugh Jackman in the, in the MCU. Like, I think that was a cool story for me to read, but I, 
that was apparently public knowledge already. So nothing other than that. And Hugh Jackman this week said something about how his role in Deadpool three is like variations to, to his role. And some people are, he worded it somehow where, where people are like, Oh, is he talking about like, are there going to be Wolverine variants in the movie? And if we don't get the classic Wolverine costume, I he has never been in that costume and it would be such a boy popper. If we saw, Oh, that'd be so cool. And while it, it would be fun to think about, you know, multiple different Wolverines, the, the thing that I kind of took that as is like, maybe we'll see both Wolverine and Hugh Jackman on screen at the same time, since Hugh Jackman does exist in the Deadpool universe movies. So it would be fun to have Hugh Jackman show up as Hugh Jackman, bro. Like Ryan Reynolds, Wolverine, and, and Ryan Reynolds could absolutely also show up. Yeah, with, with Deadpool and Wolverine. <laughs> That's kind of how I read it. So I'm, I'm excited. It's the multiverse saga. Get as meta as you want to get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that movie is starting to film soon, as well as well as a handful of other movies, which we're gonna get into right now. First being uh, Captain America New World Order. He talked about Harrison Ford and uh, Thunderbolt Ross a lot and how important he's going to be to the Captain America movie, saying this is certainly a big part for Thaddeus Ross. He's the president of the United States in this film. There's a dynamic between President Ross and Sam Wilson. They have a history together, but in this film, we'll be seeing the dynamic between Captain America and the president of the United States in a way that is just incredible to see Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford act like doing whatever they're going to be doing in this movie together. I'm super excited for this movie. Oh, me too. What worries me is that we know so much about it already. Um, but I trust them. Like this is, this is Sam Wilson's first Captain America movie. We're getting uh, the thinker, I believe. No. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yep. is that what his villain name is? Um, we're getting Thaddeus Ross recast, which I think he, Harrison Ford doesn't just do. I mean, Harrison Ford does a lot. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't just do stuff. He does stuff like that he wants to do. And he's very excited about this role uh, from from the rest of this interview that I've heard. I obviously think I think I think we're going to get uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine in this movie as well. She's obviously head of the CIA now that we saw in Wakanda Forever. I think there's going to be a lot of play. We'll probably get Peggy, Car Peggy Carter in this too. You know, like I think there's going to be a lot of this. Again, I mentioned earlier, there's Kang and then there's whatever the Marvels are doing with the Kree uh, scroll war. And then there's also some shit going down with the uh, U.S. government. And like all, again, all of these stories are eventually going to connect into something. Somehow these two other stories are going to connect to the multiverse. And I'm extremely excited to see how that plays out. But I, I don't know, like, it, how does something so grounded as some of these, like, street-level MCU projects are now with the U.S. government or just some of these street-level heroes, how are these going to connect to these bigger pictures? I don't know, but I'm very excited for that. And then we're going to get into the movie that I think I'm the most excited for that's been announced so far, and that's Thunderbolts. First off, the one thing that Kevin Feige said about the Thunderbolts that I am probably the most excited about the thing that to me makes the most sense is when he says that your de facto leader is Bucky Barnes. And that's sort of all you need to know. 
that makes complete sense to me. Uh, Bucky Barnes has been leader of the Thunderbolts in the comics before. It would make sense to kind of put him in charge of, of not only dealing with like uh, U.S. agent John Walker, but also David Harbour's uh, Red Guardian that both feel like they're very much like Captain America figures themselves. Both of them, I could see very much being like, I'm the leader of this team. No, I'm the leader of this team. And then uh, Allegra just being like, uh, no, actually, it's Bucky. I think the one we all want to be Captain America. That's so good. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think, and I've said this before, but that's because my thoughts and feelings haven't changed. I think that Bucky and Yelena are definitely going to be uh, tied together in more ways than people are are thinking. I feel like we didn't utilize the the Bucky Black Widow relationship that we should have that was so strong in the comics. The fact that he trains the Black Widow when he's the Winter Soldier as part of the Red Room. You could very much have him do the same thing now for Yelena and just after she leaves, transfer... Yeah. Just transfer that whole thing over to Yelena. Plus, with Dad on the team, too, if they do have, like, a past relationship of him being like, ah, uh, so you think you're good enough to date my daughter type thing or that I could totally see, yeah. that I could totally see David Harbour doing. Like, it just, it adds so much uh, juicy possibilities to this movie. I'm Brian. so excited you're a genius sometimes and i absolutely i get even if whether it's a past relationship or a budding relationship which ah uh, that's so good i love that um yeah i'm very excited for this i especially love like you mentioned the uh the john walker and the david harbour uh connection where john walker obviously like this proud american like i deserve this role to then be somewhat compared in the same group to the russian <laughs> That's that plays in itself, you know. There, there could be some, uh, there could be some uh, America stuff in there. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm very my my thing is I'm very curious to see how Ghost fits into this and what Ghost's story has been since uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Because obviously, so I'm again very curious about this because because Ant Man and the Wasp has been so prevalent lately because the movie the third movie just came out. They went into the quantum realm to get energy for ghosts but then he was trapped in there for five years on earth so then when he comes out does he have the particles first of all i don't know if that's included in the game second of all what happens to ghosts in those five years maybe we're going to touch on that at the beginning of the movie if they just have her stroll in and she's just like what up what <laughs> i'm actually gonna be pretty pissed i'm not gonna lie that's gonna it might ruin the movie for me right at the beginning because there needs to be some sort of explanation hopefully they do it maybe in an end credit scene in some other movie you know maybe they can explain it before the movie gets there that would be even better i but but like you mentioned there are a lot of fun things that they can do with this team i'm i'm curious to see what their mission is going to be uh how what, what potential other heroes or characters that we already know in the mcu that they're going to have to go against because i that's what i feel i feel like they're gonna have to infiltrate something that we already know i.e wakanda or i don't know fucking 
something else. <laughs> Let's talk about it because yeah, there's been some theories that have come out this week that I've heard a few people talk about that I'm like, huh, that could be fun. That could be interesting. Like you said, one of the theories being Wakanda, uh, that being uh, established in Wakanda forever, Valeria uh, Fontaine being the head of the CIA, all the stuff that's going on like with, with Wakanda and all that. Let's talk about the fact that Steven Yoon from uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead or the voice of our Mark Grayson, a.k.a. Invincible in The Invincible Show. He is joining the Thunderbolts movie in a secret role. Some people wonder if it's going to be the Sentry, which is kind of like a like a dark Superman type character in the Marvel universe. That's to be determined. Some people think that he might be either the MacGuffin or the thing that like the Thunderbolts have to like get or stop or something. Another possibility that I didn't think about until somebody brought it up this week in a podcast that I was listening to that I was like, ooh, that's interesting, and that actually could work. What if the Thunderbolts are going up against the Ten Rings? Because if you remember, at the end of Shang-Chi, it didn't say Shang-Chi will return. It ended with saying the Ten Rings will return. Which I think is they... a great a great double meaning because Shang-Chi's Ten Rings, but the actual Ten Rings organization will return. Yes. Uh, what are they doing since the Shang-Chi movie? What have they been up to? His sister is definitely taking the Ten Rings under her own belt, you know, making it what she wants to do. I can see that not being what some people around the world would want. One of them being Val, who now has a Thunderbolts team. Yeah. No, I, I I like that theory. I really do. To me, just because of her introduction, or not her introduction, but her inclusion in Wakanda Forever, I just feel, and because of Bucky now being the de facto leader, which I think we all assumed before, his connection with Wakanda, it just seems way too easy for them to say, hey, we need you to go into Wakanda and, I don't know, maybe get the uh, the vibranium detector or maybe get the iron heart suit or maybe get i don't know they have to they have to retrieve or steal something from wakanda that's what it feels like i don't think they're going to wage war because that feels way too big to just do and then announce wakanda versus the world as the next movie or something like that but it seems like they have to go undercover to fight something i would love if they have like a century type character that all of a sudden these super soldiers have to fight this godly character that that would be kind of fun yeah i don't know i the more and more that comes out of the, about this movie i the more i'm intrigued by it so all the movies that are going into production like within the next few weeks to a couple months that were listed are captain america new world order the thunderbolts and blade they finally got uh, a decent script down they finally got a director attached and on board it sounds like everybody is excited uh with where this movie is now going forward and production is going to be starting soon on that and the last bit of news that came out of this that i felt was like whoa that's some news that's worth talking about that's worthy of talking about spider-man they asked kevin feige in this interview what the plans were for spider-man going going on in the future and he said all i will say is that we have the story we have big ideas 
and our writers are just putting pen to paper now. So, yes, Spider-Man will be back. He didn't say Tom Holland. He just said Spider-Man. But That's because uh, no one knows who Peter Parker is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we could all assume that it is going to be Tom Holland. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with that movie. We've done a complete full episode of our thoughts of where we would go with the next movie. Uh, if we were in charge, if we were in the writer's room. But it is exciting to hear that there are plans for Spider-Man that are now realized and going forward. So now with all the new information and with us going through the rest of Phase 4, and now we kind of know some things about Phase 5, I have a new pitch for the next Spider-Man movie. It is completely street level. It is. It has zero to do with anything else in the MCU. It could actually be a standalone movie like they talk about doing a lot. I don't know who they fight, fucking a new goblin. I don't know, whoever they want to fight. But I want that to be his only thing in this four, five, six MCU phases, right? But then, except for Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, where, oh, Spider-Man's back to street level. This is so cool. Just kidding. You're back in space. You're back fighting the multiverse. Boom, you're back into everything. And then he can go back to street. I just, I don't know. There's something narratively pleasing and also hilarious about that so that's my pitch <laughs> i i think if i remember my pitch correctly i i think my pitch was pretty well self-contained um i think i had uh the symbiote suit in there if i remember correctly which uh. if they saved that for secret wars because in the comics that's where he gets the symbiote costume is in secret wars oh that's so good in the original like i'd be fine if they waited until then so that doesn't need to be there i would like black cat introduced and maybe like a uh some kind of love fling going on there and i i i want to keep my original pitch for the the antagonist of the movie being j jonah jameson and him, like, because in the comics, it, if you, you don't remember from my pitch in that episode in the comics, Jonah hires the scientist that puts uh, Gargan, a.k.a. the Scorpion, in his Scorpion suit, which is why the Scorpion hates Jonah and tries to kill Jonah many times in the comics. Jonah also hires the scientists that make the Spider Slayers and at one point, he is in control of the Spider Slayers trying to kill Spider-Man. You got how involved he was in No Way Home about the Spider-Menace doing the Jonah things. If after that movie, he's like, all of this stuff happened and you people still let this menace run off and do his own thing. Fine, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I would love if they took that route because... Unless you're a hardcore comic book fan, I don't think you're going to see it coming. Honestly, anything with more J.K. Simmons, I'm absolutely down. <laughs> have him, have him uh, tap into his whiplash role a little bit. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that could be a lot of fun. If you, you get him in there, you, you get Scorpion, you get the Spider Slayers, like, it, it all... To me, I'm like, that's, that's the next movie that I want to see. It's... <sighs> It's big, but not too big. It's like Vulture big uh, from Homecoming. Which is perfect. Point. That is absolutely yes. perfect. That's all that I've got 
as far as Marvel stuff. Is there anything that you wanted to add before we kind of jump into our last segment? Yes, there is. At one point, he mentioned the Fantastic Four and how big their role will be for the MCU going forward. Honestly, my favorite bit of news that came out from him because this absolutely should like the the i think the fantastic four i this is why we haven't been i don't think we i don't think they know who their fantastic four are yet because i think they need to be so careful about who they pick because these four will be the next i mean these guys are going to be for the next fucking 20 phases i think the mcu or the and this fantastic four is going to be so important because of their connection to everything their technology their leadership i think they bought i think they bought the uh if it's not and if it doesn't end up being kang kang or uh, kang enterprises who buys avengers tower i think it was the fantastic four and then and it's now going to be the baxter building i think they will be so he mentioned it and it to me kevin feige saying that they're going to have this huge role like that just to me cements how important the fantastic four are going to be not only that but I think we now know who the villain of the next set of phases, the next saga, uh, which would end up being what seven, eight, nine. I think we're going to get Doctor Doom as the next big bad, and I think that's the big setup. And that's the I think again, this may be reading way too much into like four words from Kevin Feige in this interview, but I, I, the Fantastic Four absolutely can be the biggest thing in the MCU. And I cannot wait for them to get this right because I think they will. They've been so good at casting lately. I mean, just look at Jonathan Majors as Kang. I cannot wait for this. I don't remember when it was announced, but they did announce that Fantastic Four is currently in pre-production and that I think it's scheduled to start filming in November. So if that is true, then they would have to have their casting like done at this point they're just not announcing who i think that it was smart during the san diego comic-con announcements when they had the timelines up of the next few phases they had fantastic four movie coming out well before secret wars because in both the 80s secret wars story and the 2010s secret wars story doom is a pivotal character in both of those and is very much i would say probably the most important character of both of those so if we're having a secret wars movie i would hope that we would have a doctor doom by that point so to have the fantastic four movie coming out well before secret wars on the timeline that makes sense to me because that's secret wars is very much his story and the Fantastic Four, especially if they go with the Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars run, which it feels like they are, the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom are very, very, very important to that story. As of right now, they have Fantastic Four slated for February 14th, 2025, whereas King Dynasty would be May 2nd, a couple months later in 25, and then uh, Avengers Secret Wars would be May 1st in 26. So just about a year plus for fantastic four leading into that which again with kang's you know he's nathaniel richards there is a connection to the fantastic four that could play into that too 
which is so perfect for the Fantastic Four to be introduced right before that and have that big drop of like, holy shit, he's related to Reed Richards. But then also have the Fantastic Four eventually introduce Doctor Doom too. It's just, it's really good timing by them, I think. I I feel very excited and relieved uh, by this these interviews and these stories that have been coming out lately as far as the direction and the future of the MCU going forward. I feel like the concerns that a lot of people have had, myself included, have been addressed, acknowledged and addressed at this point. And it sounds like they're trying to take some steps to uh, maybe smooth things over that have been a little choppy over the past few years, whether or not you liked it or not. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, all of these movies that are coming out, the shows that are coming out, my only question is when Secret Wars or Secret Invasion coming out? I believe it's uh, this, I I believe it's before the Marvels this year. Yes, uh, which it was Secret War or Secret I got Secret Wars on the brain now. <laughs> Secret Invasion and uh what was the other show? There were two shows that oh Loki season 2 were like the two confirmed shows for this year and I Thought that Secret Invasion was supposed to come out in the spring, but now that we're in March, there's still been no like release date announced. Maybe, maybe in this says it's early 2023, <laughs> which we're in March of 2023. This is as early I, as it's gonna be. Yes, get. which I thought they said spring when they announced it, which still and could when they dropped, and then we could get Loki still after when they that. dropped the trailer. Because I thought Loki was supposed to be in June. And then I thought that Secret Invasion was supposed to be like March, April. It would make sense if they waited until Mandalorian is wrapped up. Maybe do it like a week or two after that. Just so you're not competing with the Mandalorian. Because at this point, that's the show on Disney Plus to be watching on Wednesdays. But I'm excited for that show, too. All of the things that I've heard about that show, the fact that it's supposed to feel more like Captain America Winter Soldier uh, felt, more spy espionage thriller uh, with Nick Fury and the Skrulls. I'm excited for that show. I'm really excited for that show. And it's funny that this is the year that's finally going to make me go back and rewatch Captain Marvel. Uh, probably one of my least favorite Marvel movies. But the fact that like both of them are so pivotally tied to that movie, I'm like, oh, now I got to go back and rewatch that and refresh myself because, uh, yeah, that it's not my least favorite Marvel movie, but it's it's pretty close. <laughs> that movie gets more hate than it deserves. That's not me saying that it's yeah, top 10 yeah. MCU movie, but it gets more hate than it deserves, which I'll agree. I mean, I didn't hate it when I watched it. But at the same time, I was like, uh, it it kind of met the low bar that I had set for it. And it was a filler movie in between. It was yeah. that and Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was just filler movie in between Infinity War and Endgame. So, yeah. Uh, if <laughs> This is opening up a whole can of worms that we don't have to go into. But uh, if, if people thought that Star Wars had a Mary Sue with uh, Rey, I think captain marvel's kind of our mary sue and marvel but that's yeah that's another story 
Never mind. I don't even. <laughs> nope. We will, we're not getting into it. We can do a whole episode on this, Brian. We could. But we'll save that for another day because we have one more topic to hit before we wrap things up for the week. Uh, our favorite topic on this show, the best stuff recommendations of the week. I'm going to I'm going to hand it over to you first, Kyle, because I'll admit, I don't know if I have one or not for this week. <laughs> um, uh, sick brain uh, very much took over. Uh, I am uh, 818 Brian. I'm not 616. So uh 616 brian might have had a plan for best stuff uh this week but 818 is uh kind of flying by the seat of his pants right now so well 818 uh, brian is still better at hosting than 616 kyle so (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway so we'll make up for this right real quick if you haven't watched the last of us yet go get caught up it's fucking phenomenal and i will also make up for the fact that you don't have a best stuff for this week because my best stuff for the week is something that you recommended to me I finally, over the weekend, watched Super. Stargrain Wilson. Finally. Finally. Directed by and written by James Gunn. And I could absolutely tell within two minutes of the movie. I fucking love this movie. It is so much more graphic and, like, rated R than I expected. I don't know why. But holy shit, this movie's so good. And it's so interesting. Again, just cases of the human mind and how it works and just... the different things that affect it this this movie was oh so good oh my god and they're very uncomfortable at parts Uh, but (laughs) but like but like great storytelling within it like it's not a lot of these moments in within this movie are not just for comedic sake or for uncomfortable sake or for being controversial like they all make sense within the story but it's also just a ridiculous story Kevin Bacon plays a phenomenal uh, villain in this movie. Rain Wilson, I've never seen him in anything other than The Office. And there's one other movie that he's in that I can't remember now. It's like a deep sea movie. Was he in The Meg? The Meg. That yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, I've never seen him in anything other than those two things. But he was great in this movie. Shoot, now I'm forgetting the other person. Uh, Elliot Taylor, formerly something else. Uh, I believe they had a change somewhat recently. Elliot Page. Elliot Page, there it is. Um, thank you. They they were phenomenal in this. Again, uncomfortable in a couple scenes, but yes, but phenomenal. Like I really good acting. I bought into the characters. I really enjoyed this movie. If you like James Gunn and any of his other movies, like I do, or you just like comedic superhero type of thing, fucking go watch Super. I had to rent it on on Amazon Prime, but it was fucking worth it. I love that movie as well. Go and watch the trailer if you don't know what movie we're talking about because it was the trailer that sold me. Uh, I remember when this movie came out in theaters. It was so indie that I had to go to uh, a random indie theater in Milwaukee that I've only been to once that I have no idea what theater it is. Like, I couldn't even tell you the name of it at this point. Like, it was like a such a such a hole-in-the-wall theater that played like limited released indie movies like this where that was the only way i could watch this movie when it came out was at this theater but i loved it um (laughs) picture picture if dwight decided to be like a superhero and that's kind of what this movie is yes Um, no no it's it's dwight if he became religious 
and then became a superhero. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's Ugh. it's quirky. It's downright weird at times. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's hilarious. It's awesome. I love it. Like I said, though, go and watch the trailer first because it's definitely not a movie for everyone. Previous co-host of the show, Chad Coffin, hates this movie. Oh, I'm going to text him about uh, it. <laughs> I made him watch it with me when we lived together, and he was like, what the fuck did you just make me watch? I loved it the whole time, and he was not <laughs> having it I at all. can't but... wait to text him about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, just picture... <laughs> Just picture Dwight dressed up in a homemade red superhero costume with a monkey wrench yelling, shut up, crime! Crane Wilson is so perfect for this role. Oh, and Nathan Fillion is in this. It's so good. Oh, my God. As, what, what is he, the Holy Avenger or something He's like that? He's the Holy Avenger, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my favorite part is when Rain Wilson goes into the comic of uh store and he asks for the unholy avenger and she goes the avengers i was like oh good we get a reference that and one of my favorite things from this movie too is is the line and the idea of life is is what happens between the panels yes of the comics and i was like oh as a it comic book lover of me james yes. has been doing this since day one people he also stars in this too he's also He's also has he, does he really? It's been yes. a while since I've watched it. So the Nathan Fillion cutaway scenes when he's fighting Satan, that is James Gunn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Rob Zombie is a god. Is the Rob Zombie god. voice god? Uh, Sean, Sean Gunn and uh, Michael Rooker are Michael Rooker are the are, the goons. Yep, Kevin Bacon's a uh, henchman, which is just again as a Guardians fan, so perfect and so great. Yeah, this movie was, I'm so glad. We, and it's only like 90 minutes, which is the sweet spot for that kind of yep. movie. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, I watched this movie with Zach because we had a movie day on Saturday. So I picked this. He, I, which is, again, 90-minute movie. Zach then, What did he feel? What were his thoughts? Oh, Zach enjoyed it too. Zach loved it. Good. Of course he did. Zach then picked There Will Be Blood, which is fucking two and a half hours. And... <laughs> Some serious fucking religious oil drilling. Oh my! I love Paul Dano and I love Daniel Day Lewis. There it is, Daniel Day Lewis. The acting in it is amazing and it's a good movie. But holy shit, it should not be two and a half fucking hours. I now do have a best off. Okay, and it'll be your next movie day with Zach. Oh shit! Okay, it's it's this is gonna be. This is going to be the Rain Wilson best stuff <laughs> because the the other movie that I want to best stop is another Rain Wilson movie. It's currently available on HBO Max. It is The Rocker where Rain Wilson is the drummer for his nephew who's played by Josh Gad, a very no. young Josh Gad for his band. The bassist is a very young, one of her first roles, Emma Stone. Uh, Dude, Christina Applegate's in this. Jason Sudeikis is in this movie. Jeff Garland, They're, Jane Lynch. Holy, Will uh, Arnett? Bradley, this was one of Bradley Cooper's first movies that he Fred was Armisen? in. Yes. Holy shit, dude. This movie is... Dimitri Martin! Th this movie's great. Uh, he's 
it's basically like him teaming up with his teenage nephew to be their drummer uh and then they they make it big this is one of those movies where like it's it's old enough where they were still using like flip phones but like this was the movie that kind of tapped into like the uh like the youtube hit like they they one of their music videos Oh, I can't get it to focus, but Rain Wilson with long hair alongside yes. Christina Applegate is just such a weird picture that I've, oh my God, I love but, it. Uh, the band gets, has like a one hit wonder on YouTube that gets like, like a million views or something like that. And that's what gets them big. Uh, <laughs> just the pictures of this is getting me excited. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, uh, another. Him just sitting in the chair with his cane. Oh, I'm so Another excited. like 90-minute movie. Like it's not that long. Perfect. It's available on HBO Max right now. If you're looking for like a feel-good comedy, definitely check out The Rocker with Rain Wilson, Josh Gad, Emma Stone, uh, Christina Applegate, Jason Sudeikis. Like we said, it's it's got a it's so much more. It's got such a stacked cast. Perfect. Uh a lot of these people, like before they were big, like they were in this movie, and it's it's a fun ride definitely uh recommend it and that would be my best staff recommendation for this week and we have been your midwesterners that's m-i-d-w-e-s-t-e-r-n-e-r-d-s we are at midwesterners on instagram and twitter we are the midwesterners podcast on facebook if you like to send us an email you can send that to midwesterners at gmail.com uh, you can find and stream and listen to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwesterners podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. We will be back with you all next week on Sunday. We are going to be dropping these episodes on Sundays now, altering our recording uh, schedule just slightly due to work schedules, due to content release schedules, because we, we want to talk about things more relevantly than we have been. Yes, we're still probably going to be the week behind podcast, but we're this, this is our efforts to not be the week behind podcast in the fact that The Mandalorian's out. Next week, we'll have two episodes out by then. And we plan to talk about The Mandalorian then. Probably, depending on how big of an episode episode two is, we might have some time to dive into a little bit of Last of Us as well. Uh, it'll definitely be a Midwesterners TV talk episode. So you'll the intro's hear that, coming back. That people. great <laughs> intro. Oh, I love I want to make another one so bad. The problem is, the first one was so good that like I tried to go and make a different one. And it just was not as good. So and there's no way you can, you can't make it longer. First of all, it's already yeah. like borderline. <laughs> Second of all, there's nothing you can take out of that to replace with it. So it's just, I think right now we're at a good spot. Yep. It's perfect. Uh, so TV talk episode next week, definitely Mando, maybe some last of us. Uh, but until then, Beerman Western nerds this week, I've been 818 Brian Stoffel. And I've been 616 KO Kyle Olson. This is the way. Keep it nerdy.